This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Hey everyone, how you doing today? Topic number three is going to be something extra special. We're actually going to flip the script and Omar is going to be asking me some questions. Really, we're going to put some, hopefully some questions together that you may be thinking about. You don't have an opportunity to ask me. So Omar is going to ask on your behalf. So Omar, it is now your show. Sweet. This is cool. Okay. Um, let's ask the question number one to Michael. You had a normal job mm-hmm. and you were purchasing real estate. Yep. Now, how can I, being a normal nine to fiver, um, be able to buy my first home or be able to buy my first investment? Because that's everyone's question out there because they're not, they may not be in the real estate industry mm-hmm. uh, like I am. But a normal, you know what? I make 110000 Oh, I'm a lineman at, at Edison, or I'm a just a, a waiter at, um, yeah. at a nice restaurant making decent money. Yeah, so I think there's a couple of things in my story that I hope people take away from this. Uh, so first and foremost, rental, you know, becoming a landlord and building a real estate portfolio that takes care of your future is absolutely possible. It's a great goal to have. It takes time. And it really starts with some blocking and tackling that I don't talk about enough. So I'm glad you asked this question. Really, in order for you to, um, you know, get in this game and continue to grow, it it really boils down to a simpler formula. That is earn as much as you can during your day job, cut expenses, right? Drop uh, uh, wants, just cover your needs so you can save. And then as the savings grow up, you invest. So I call it earn spend slash save, invest, repeat. So for a, for a nine to fiver like me, what did that mean? That meant I consciously tried to become the best employee I could. Okay. I am, I wasn't in, I was 30 years old. We had a daughter that was five or six. Um, I don't remember how old she was, maybe a seven. And we, um, we, we, I couldn't quit, right? I couldn't jump in with both feet. I wasn't ready for it. I was, I had a career. I was, I was making six figures. So for me, it was, okay, become the best employee I could. I had a commission-based job. So whatever I could do to get better, learn more skills. I mean, I hustled, right? And I was, I became the number one person at what I did. So I, I was, I was good there, but where the really changed was, so first I increased the top line revenue. The biggest difference for Olivia, the biggest difference for Olivia and I is we cut expenses. And what I mean by that is we started asking ourselves, what is a need versus a want? Because what happened historically for the first decade of our relationship is we spent every penny we made. Just what you do, right? Yeah, we spent every penny, right? So we weren't going really negative. It wasn't like we were living beyond our means, but we were living to our means. If we got a bonus, we took a vacation. If if it was a nice commission check, we bought a car, right? It was just stupid stuff. And um, what we started to do is we started ratcheting down. So we went from spending 100% of our expenses all the way to our income to 50%. It took years. Yeah, we took years to get there, but that's where we ended up. So again, increase our top line. 
we did cut expenses so that we could keep adding to our savings so we could buy the next one. Or if we bought a junker, we had to have money to repair it, right? Because the banks weren't giving us right. money for the repairs. So um, that that is something I don't talk about. Is again, I focused on being the best employee, every bonus, every raise, every commission check. And we looked at our family expenses and we lowered expenses, which allowed us to start accumulating more and more and more and more so we could buy, buy again, buy, buy. Uh, and it, it was months and years uh, to get the next one and the next one. And then over time, cash flow added up and, you know, then we could do a cash out refi and all of these things. But um, yeah, I don't talk about that enough. Uh, I'm, I'm one of the people that say, you know what, bust your ass nine to five, increase that top line as much as you can. Also at the same time, cut expenses. And if you do that for five, 10, our case, 15 years, magic happens. Oof. Because it compounds, doesn't it? Exactly. It compounds. Exactly. Yep. That's huge. So for everybody that's out there listening, increase your, your amount of income that you can make, be the best employee, decrease all the wants, mm -hmm. because that's what will bury you in, in a sense. That exactly. new car, that nice dinner every week, that, hey, let's go here every weekend, because all that money literally you're spending this is perfect you're spending what a property could cash flow monthly to you exactly and that's just phenomenal like for everybody that's listening you guys need to be, be paying attention in any profession and myself included like i'm over here thinking like okay this is how michael did it we have the ability to to go make a bunch of money in commission-based business obviously mm -hmm. and then we do our thing but we could do the same and just stop spending and just focus on the top line, which I always say to everybody here is that just focus on increasing your income on a monthly basis, mm -hmm. but at the same time, decreasing your, your expenditures. That's so huge. Yeah. And the beauty Damn. is if, if you make it a family experience, um, you don't really even notice the difference, right? Cause again, we covered all our needs. It wasn't like our needs weren't covered. We never went hungry you know, none of that stuff. But when you look back on it, you're like, it's awesome, right? Because we probably have 40 more houses or 40 more properties now because we did that. Because again, it compounds, right? That one house turned into four, that four turned into 12. And it just, it just grows. And, you know, one, one house, you know, one house that you buy at a hundred, it's worth 300 today. I mean, it just adds hundreds of thousands to your net worth. It's, we, we would not be here today without that marriage of increasing top line and lowering expenses. Gee, you know, you, what you just said by doing so, it gave you another 40 doors mm -hmm. and people that may have not overheard that or like, Oh my gosh, I just want the first one. But notice if I told everybody that's listening to this call, if you literally become cheap, and just focus on the needs, you know, to survive, mm -hmm. not nothing crazy. Granted, some people are like, oh, well, I want to live life. That's great. But if in 15 years, I told you you're going to have 40 doors that you're going to be managing that are yours. Mm -hmm. But the journey is going to be a pain in the ass to get there. Um, most people won't freaking do it. Because yeah, you're right. They, they, they just won't because life happens. You, you want to keep up with the Joneses next door because they got a new boat car, this, that, and the other. You're very right. That's what happened. 
And you know what? That that was huge. That that question right there. I hope it it, it answered a lot of, um, you know, for a lot of people out there that that have that question on how to get that first one. And Appreciate that. That was a good. That's question. I don't talk about yeah, that enough. That, dude, that you need to because that's freaking cold. <laughs> Will do. I love it. I love it. Okay, cool. So and and I'm going off the cuff here. Um, nothing's written down. I'm just you know creating it in my brain right now. So. That was a good question. Thank you, Michael. Number two, number two um, is how do you, um, how do you create your, your tax return? Because this is something I'm going on. One to four, you can, you know, back then one to four, you can get finance for properties. Mm -hmm. Now the whole expense, oh, I don't want to show too much money because I don't want to pay taxes. Okay. And this is for the investor that's out there that yeah. has one property already and a personal home. Okay. Mm -hmm. And now you want to get that third property. Okay. Cause I know there's a lot of questions out there, especially if you're new in the game, mm -hmm. that third property is going to be based upon your tax return on what you show that you can make income on. Right. Yeah. Because you're not buying a commercial building that the rents cover uh, for the financing. Mm -hmm. So my question to you is how did you um, add more to your, um, add more to your taxes. So you knew that you're able to finance that second, third, and fourth property. That's a great question. Nobody's ever asked that question. Um, and again, this wasn't a problem for 12 or 14 years, but in today's yeah. environment, you know, buying inside an LLC is hard, right? Because they want seasoned tax returns and they want to, they want to, they want to make sure it's a lendable, you, got, you need to become bankable. The LLC needs to be bankable and you can't be bankable losing money, right? You can't. So, um, frankly, I've, um, I have reported a six figure profit in my LLCs combined three out of the last four years, one year, because I had a large apartment purchase. I was able to do a uh, depreciate, you know, accelerated depreciation when made it go to zero. Um, and nice. if that wasn't there, I would have had a six figure profit. Profit's not a bad thing, especially in an environment where you want to get cheap debt. Again, banks are right. different today than they were 20 years ago. 20 years ago, they didn't care. They were, they were, even if you were an LLC, it was still on you. Uh, but today they want you to be bankable or lendable. And I think that's a better environment. So, you know, a never cheat your taxes. You don't want to be audited by the IRS. Uh, two, don't be in a rush to write everything off. So you, it is zero. If you right. are in real estate and depreciation is the thing that takes you zero, that is okay. Right? Because again, banks know that depreciation is a phantom non-cash expense. So they will absolutely mm -hmm. back out depreciation. So that one year out of my last four, banks just back it out. They say, what happened? I say, I bought a big apartment building. We did... Um, accelerated depreciation. And, you know, we wrote off $350,000 and like, oh, okay, got it. So if we take that out, you made some money. I said, yep, made some money. So again, you know, don't be in a rush. Don't be so creative that you write everything off or you're making no money is my, my advice. Cause you won't get loans unless you always want to pay cash or always want to do hard money. The best rates come from banks and you need to be bankable or lendable uh, inside your LLC, in my opinion. Nice. Bankable, lendable for everybody that needs to uh, hear that again. And it's okay to pay 
every year in taxes because if you're at zero, you know, people always tell me, oh, well, I got back 8,000. I got back 10,000. I got back 15,000. Yeah. It's like, did you? That means you made nothing. Yeah, exactly. That means if they're, you made nothing, then you are not financeable. Yeah. You can't get lent. Exactly. Nobody's going to lend you money, not unless you're going to pay hard money loans. So it's a double-edged sword, but I'd rather pay the IRS to show a great tax return. Mm -hmm. So I'm able to get lent other monies to buy more property. Yeah. That's, that's the goal. And I wanted to ask you that because um, more, a lot, there's a lot of people that don't ask that question ever about what to show on your taxes. So you become lendable, like you said, bankable and lendable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's paramount. I, I think, I think running a good business shows profit. And if you show profit, you pay taxes. Exactly. I mean, that's how I look at it. I, uh, I don't run to pay zero taxes. I, I want to pay my legally required fair share, not a penny more, but I don't want to pay zero. I would, I would hate to pay zero. That means I made no money. That would, that would exactly. suck. Right. Um, but again, I'm willing to depreciation is the one because we're in real estate. That is a beauty for us. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm okay paying zero if depreciation's the reason, but that's the only reason because it's a non-cash expense. Okay. Awesome. That was, that was a great question. Hopefully it didn't go over everybody's head. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> but um, next question, this is more of a rental aspect. Yeah. Um, now you have a bunch of rentals. We, we do as well. Okay. And do you maximize the rent for all of your tenants or do you give them a little bit of a discount so they keep paying every month? So I'm That's max- my question. Yeah. So I'm going to answer this three different ways because it, it's all changing. Okay. So first and foremost, okay. if a unit goes vacant, I fix it up and go right to top of market. Boom. Exactly. Okay. Right to top of market. Second, historically speaking, historically, if you were one of my tenants and you paid on time for 12 months in a row, you never got a rent increase or you wouldn't get a rent increase the next year, right? So most folks, because most folks pay on time, most folks wouldn't get a rent increase for two years and then they would only get a little one because landlords lose uh, at turns. Every year I can go back and I can tell you what property didn't perform. It was the one who had turns. So I don't want to incent terms. However, now because of Gavin Newsom, rent control, the fact that I did not raise rents at all last year, I did not raise rents after, I should take that back. I raised a few rents in January of last year before the crisis, not knowing, but I didn't raise any rents February through December. Anybody. It wasn't the right thing to do. But now because of Gavin Newsom and rent control, I have to. So just this week, was it? No, maybe it was last week. I think we raised rent 6%, which is 5% max plus the, uh, plus inflation. So every unit got a 6% increase unless you were already locked into a lease, which most weren't. So they got a 6% increase. That's because Gavin Newsom says, um, you have to, you have to raise rents. Otherwise you never get it back. I've already lost a year of rents because I was a good landlord and didn't raise rents last year. I will never get that money back. Um, it's lost forever. The value is hit. Uh, so just, again, I don't want to do it, but because of, uh, I think it's AB 3088 and Gavin Newsom, I have to do it uh, or else my family uh, is hurt long-term. 
so the answer is everybody got 6% um, here very recently. Cool. That's, that's uh, you know what, that's, I wanted to ask you that because I'm in that positioning right now too. Yeah, um, we have and, to, unfortunately. And, and it sucks too, because, you know, some people uh, are facing some, some difficult times. I think we all were yeah. um, this last crisis, but you kind of have to. So that's the question I want to ask um, if, and this is for the experienced investor out there that has three, four, five, six, ten 10 properties that, that, that are listening. Uh, it's key. You want someone to keep paying. And I've always believed that. And just like you said, 12 months, they don't get an increase. Right. I've had people for seven, eight years, and I have never increased them hmm. because they've always paid. And it's yeah. awesome. Yeah. You know, I, I and you know, what, one more thing. Um, did you get any pushback on the 6%? Um, yeah, I mean, we always will. I mean, I think, I think, you know, we'll probably hear my suspicion again, is we may lose one or two people, uh, because of it. Uh, but thankfully, okay. um, I mean, I don't want to lose anyone. I mean, if they, if they called up and they sung a song, I would probably, I'd probably bend just because of the nice, I, I'm a sucker sometimes. But in reality, this is Gavin Newsom's fault. I don't want to do this. But the fact that I can never make it up because of his rules, I don't have a choice. Um, yeah, we, we, we can't go from $1,000 to $1,300. Or $1, like market rate. We have to yeah. go, we have to go at steps. And if you don't take the step, you'll never get that step back. It's gone forever. Oh, that's just, yeah. So that means all the properties, 6% mm -hmm. increases across the board. Yep. Okay. This, this Sweet. Year. Awesome. Well, I mean, that's the top three questions. I know we're kind of running out of time here. 10 yeah. But uh, that was cool, Michael. Thank you for answering those. And maybe we start incorporating this that we, I started, I started asking questions again. Yeah. Every, every meeting this way, other people can actually hear, you know, stuff that you may or may not talk about um, consistently. Yeah. I thought it was wonderful. Three things I've never talked about. So yeah, we will definitely add this to our conversations every week. Have a great I'm week. Start asking questions. <laughs> I'm going to start putting more stuff in. I like it. So Thanks cool. buddy. Great job. Thank you. Michael. Take care.